there's a hologram that looks after the weapons, engineering, hospitality, but apparently not one for whatever drunk Raffi is doing. <laughs> I'm so confused. Captain's Pod, Stardate 1182022.7. Hello and welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of Cinema Sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, is the... Oh no, I forgot to do an introduction for you. The um, That's the strangest <laughs> name for a ship I have ever heard. <laughs> the Continuum Bending Ambassador... Danae Hughes. Ooh, that sounds special. Hey, um, I think I figured something out. Point uh, seven. Is that because it's the seventh episode? No, it's not. Good guess. Keep guessing. And if anybody can guess what, how my Stardate system works, email um, captainspod at cinemasins.com and you will get a prize. Okay. <laughs> Some sort. I don't know. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a wait. big That's a big promise. What are you going to send people, Ian? <laughs> um, to be confirmed. But while I decide <gasps> that... He's lying to you, people. No, 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 He's it's fine. Lying. I it's just fine. Want, no, remember this when you're voting on your favorite person on the show later on. Uh, poll wait, no, no, no. They don't know determined. about the vote. They don't know that there's a vote <laughs> for who. They do now. They do now. Yeah, you, out of the two of us, you have to vote. Um, who's your favourite me? Because um, I'm going to be here the longest. So <laughs> deal with it. It's your show. Danae, can you do mm-hmm. me a, a quick favour? Can you just go over to that panel over there and just, just yeah. press the big red button? Oh, yeah, sure. Pam. Albert Hogan is with us. Hello, oh, Albie. Hello. Permission to board this Enterprise, Captain? Permission granted. Did you notice that I gave you permission and the captain didn't because I actually outrank him? Hi, I'm a ambassador. Yeah, you <laughs> should have addressed yourself to the ambassador. <laughs> so yes, we have a very special guest this week to help us digest and pull apart the this uh, episode seven of Picard. Albie, tell us a bit about yourself and why we love you so much. Hi, it's so good to be here. Uh, so I'm Albie. I am a lifelong Trekkie, and my life is longer than Ian's. So therefore, I'm a bigger Trekkie than he is. And I was around for the original run of TNG, so I grew up with it literally as it was being aired, which was pretty awesome. Which I think you were as well, Danae. Am I right in saying that? I think so. So a bit like you, I used to run home from school to watch it, and um, yeah, it basically made me the man I am today. So much so it actually influenced me to go into the world of entertainment. So I have worked in film and TV and got to do some of the behind the scenes stuff, which is really fun, mainly on the the kind of marketing side. So, you know, I've worked with Disney and Universal and continue to work in entertainment to this day, but in audio entertainment now. So the the bold new frontier. Uh, so yeah, so, cool. <laughs> so here I am. Yeah, that's amazing. Here I am to counsel the ambassador and the captain who are at loggerheads, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Albie, Albie listened to us and thought, we. I can't take any more of this. These two are <laughs> arguing too much and Ian is hedging his bets and, and not saying what he really feels. <laughs> Imagine if I was. <laughs> Well, you should. You should. You should let loose. If you're holding back, no, you should let I, loose. You raise some good points, and it makes me feel overly defensive. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Danae, you're just too logical and too on the money for him to argue with, and that is a skill that is right, rare. Hang on, I am. I mean, counsel I am, is meant to be 
neutral. I'm not feeling. I feel like the neutral zone is being violated. I'm being here. provocative on person to see how you react. Oh no! <laughs> so, so, what's an example of a time when you've had an opinion that you've changed because of something that I've said? Because I, I'm clueless. Um, I think. Um, hmm. Well, first off, I think they should have called them Borgulans because I really liked that. <laughs> yes. Obvious. Um, They're the best. And, and I hadn't quite realised, which I know you've made the point as well, Ian, just how exposition-y episode three, two is. Um, two and two three, and three yeah. Um, to the point that after listening to the that particular episode of the pod, I went back and watched it and I was like, oh my God, it's literally like they're throwing <laughs> stuff at us. Um, so yeah, so what's been interesting for me is to hear the perspective of, you know, writers and people who do this day in, day out. So I think there's an awful lot of logic to what you're saying. Um, and at times it makes me sad, but at times I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. actually quite clever. And at times I want to argue back. So it should be interesting to see where we go today. Oh, I can't wait. That's great. I, I've had exactly the same experience watching it with Danae. And I think it just shows how admittedly rose-tinted our spectacles mm-hmm. were when we watched it like we were so hungry for more of this era of star trek and to have a fresh pair of eyes come at it and just go what this isn't how you make a tv show what's happening and we're like oh no you're right yeah and i, th- I can't argue with that yeah, and i think the biggest revelation is picard's a bit of a dick at times yeah arrogant arrogant yeah. he really is <laughs> yeah i think his ego is more on display and i, I think it's purposeful and it's a little painful yeah. Because I genuinely felt like we were going to be jumping into a show and it was going to be like, oh, hail the conquering hero. And it's not. It's like, <laughs> let's bury this character. But also still he's great. But also let's bury him. <laughs> it's so, so funny. Bury him, but still do everything he says. Like everyone still follows his every whim, mm-hmm. um, but still brings him down a peg. Yeah, it's interesting. Sheer yeah. fucking hubris. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. that's what was said. Um, it up. So okay, we last episode. Where did we leave off? So oh, so, Picard, oh Soji woke up. Soji yeah. woke up. Soji okay, okay. woke up and went crazy. Picard and Soji run to escape the cube. The party is split. Yeah, the party is split. Okay. So are we ready to watch episode seven? I think so. Yes. Let's do it. Okay, with that, we'll see you guys for a full debrief in 10 Forward after we have watched episode 7. Three to beam out. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Guests first, Albie, what is your beverage of choice? Ooh, uh, I think I will have a Sumerian sunset today, please. Oh, good choice, sir. And, good choice. And maybe a bit of raw cake blood blood pie to go with it as well. Oh, a bold, bold combination, yeah. sir. Danae, Ambassador Danae, what would you like? Or would you like to share some of Albie's? Uh, I'll share some of Albie's, <laughs> please. I'm having, like, instant coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Any earth beverage, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Love no. It. I was actually, so last night I was watching a, a episode of Columbo. Why? Okay. I can't tell you why. It was on TV and I just got sucked into it because it's such an, a different way of telling a story than I'm used to seeing now. Like, yeah, it's just so sure. old school. So, so it was slow. Really 
fascinated by it and I couldn't stop watching it until the end. And they had some like they had like a Shirley Temple in it. I was like, oh my god, Shirley Temple. So <laughs> maybe I'll do a Shirley Temple as my imaginative drink, but my actual drink is straight up just like instant, instant coffee. coffee. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Shatner turns up in an episode of Columbo. There's our segue back to Star Trek. Hey. There you go. Hey. Um, so. What are you drinking, Ian? What am I drinking? I am drinking gah. Drinking gah? Yep, it's blended. <laughs> okay, is this like some sort of uh, protein shake yeah, type thing? Yeah, it's a health thing? kick. Right, okay. I got live gah, and then I blended it into a smoothie. Right, new year, new you, but Star Trek style. Yeah, I, like I don't like, I like it. it. I haven't enjoyed a single glass of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite dead. It, the best gack <laughs> is wriggling when you have it, so... Best served live. So, the episode we just watched, episode 7, Nepenthe, Picard and Soji, who's struggling to make sense of her recently unlocked memories, travel to a planet that homes uh, Picard's old friends, Will Riker and Deanna Troy. Woo! Elnor and Hugh are left on the ball cube to face Nerissa, while the crew of the La Serena have difficulty eluding Narek. Does Agnes know more than she lets on? Right. First of all, Danae, how awesome was it to see Will and Deanna? Oh, this is my favorite episode. I think I said that about last episode, but this is my favorite episode, 100%. It has to be, doesn't it? So were you happy to start dive straight into it? Were you happy with how it was handled and how they did it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that they did a lot of right things in this one. Um, Even with the backstory of, you know, showing the conversation between O and Agnes to give validation to how they're being tracked to the struggle that Agnes is going through with her, um, her role that she now has, like all of that is working. And then you have like this wonderful part of the show that we've all been knowing is going to happen, which is more (laughs) guest appearances. And of course I was really curious if Riker was coming back um, so for Riker and Troy to be together, <laughs> that was super fun. Yeah. You kids into the mix and you're like, this, this little girl is adorable. Like oh, how cute is best. she? So did you oh not God. know that they were married? No. You how, would know you, that. how would I know? No, how would I know that? Know. So that happens in Nemesis. They get married. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I'm actually glad. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't tell you. They get married in the I last um, TNG film, but that's a really oh, okay, good surprise. Okay. Did you that's guess fun. that they were going to be here? At what point did you think this is their planet? Well, I think wasn't my prediction last episode that he's going to go see one of his crew members because it makes him feel safe. And I assumed it was going to be Riker. Mm -hmm. Um, You absolutely guessed that it was going to be Riker. And then you kind of was like, well, maybe it's Geordie, but nah, it's it's going to be Riker. The only one that really makes sense is Riker. So I thought that they set that up really well. I thought that Mm. they did really good world building with Nepenthe. Um, They did good backstory building with uh Deanna and Riker like that was really interesting too it didn't mm. seem like it took up too much space it seemed like all, all, even like the mentions of real things was intentional um yeah. Soji had a good moment where she's trying to figure out what's real to her that paced really really well the only part that I really wasn't I understand that we need to go ahead and bring the the Hugh Borg cube you know mm. stuff to a close um, that felt a little clunky to me. More it's a clunky third than the rest we of didn't it. Need wasn't it? It's gotta, it's gotta kind of end, and I get that. But I felt like if I had, I had questions about why they decided to do some of the things that they did with this mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, but yeah. After, but agree. overall, I was, I was in, I was in it 
Yes. I was in it, and I and I I don't know. It was just so so cool. Like the little hug at the end when they're all embracing. All of and the hugs. Like, There's so much hug and hugs and kissing in this. I love it. Uh, so at, it's a visual representation of what we all like as fans want to be doing. We wanted <laughs> to hug them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What were your thoughts, Alvi? Did you when you first watched it? Did you like it? Oh yeah. I mean, I teared up then when I watched it, and I teared up again now just because. Like, there is such an authentic display of love between those characters. Like, mm-hmm. even just to show two straight male characters hugging and kissing each other and giving each other advice. It's just like, yeah, that's one thing that Trek has always done well is like male friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good to see. Got totes emotion when I saw Deanna. Um, I think Marina Sirtis was on fire in this episode is probably her best acting best she's been ever holy shit mm-hmm. like amazing like the emotion in her eyes and how it kind of goes <sighs> dead a couple times when she's shutting it down i was like yes. oh man you can see it <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah but i i kind of want kestra to be my daughter because she's so cool she's so cute she is so, so independent she just is a little forest girl she's great and, and dare, <laughs> dare i say i think she's probably the best written character in the show yes <laughs> She's she's probably got the most complete arc, hasn't she? I, I kind of want Kestra and Captain Crandall adventures as a separate show. That would be is amazing. There, who do we get to see Captain Crandall? Is this happening? No. What? No. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, we would have what? done had Rios not picked them up because that was the next destination. But um, the La Serena catches up, so no, we don't see Crandall. Oh, that's so strange because it's like referenced when they first, uh, when Soji mm-hmm. and Picard first land and she's like, oh, I picked this, you know, what was it? The compass up from what didn't she say that it was the captain? Yeah. Captain Crandall gave it to her. So yeah. mentioned multiple times mm-hmm. and Captain Crandall is also able to apparently pull up information for her, like in a text message, like, hey, you know a planet that does this, this, this? And he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Or she, so or she, I, they. I, yeah, my, my logic behind that was that Riker, this is obviously somebody that Riker has worked with, and this is Kestra's link back to Starfleet. So she doesn't have to be a woodland girl. She can follow a career in Starfleet if she wants. So maybe Riker has cultivated that relationship with him, but or her. But yeah, it's it is weird that we never see them in this season, at least. That is absolutely that's fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things, I fully like. That's the I thing that's confusing. Bet, yes, I would have fully bet that this was going to be something important because it was the way that it was mentioned. But it's mm. just a it's just an information MacGuffin, I guess. That's, oh, totally. Yeah, it's a way for her to oh, know where the no. planet where the planet is. I kind of prefer to the to him actually being like a character in the episode just to kind of reveal that piece of information at the end. So I actually quite like the way it's done. Although I'm, sli- I'm slightly perturbed by like whatever Kestra being what, 10, 11, just like randomly IMing some old dude in a town. Like, yeah. this <laughs> just is hanging it. out I'm with like, the docks. There's so much more here. She's a kid talking to this very experienced pilot captain person mm. or whatever. Yeah. I, if, if Crandall isn't brought up in an upcoming star trek universe explosion like kestra has to be involved she has to like they have to bring this character back to life in new content with crandall you're absolutely right yeah so now we have i guarantee we need to see we need to see the x-pack uh the what do they call xps and the fenris rangers the fenris rangers and we need to see captain crandall and kestra adventures that's the three things that we need to see 
Three spin-offs. So Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that made me happy about this, because I haven't actually watched this episode since like probably the summer last year, is the conversation that Kestra and um, Soji have about androids was basically the conversation you two had in episode one, which is like... Uh, mucus and saliva and uh-huh. remember you talking about what happens with do they go pee do they have periods you know all yes. this yeah so that's what i love it's like Kestra's almost like a little bit of a uh an avatar for us in in that she's kind mm. of asking those questions that we're kind of scratching her head in the real world yeah and i had to tiptoe around that so mm-hmm. much I, I, was like, I yeah i don't know why would they <laughs> isn't that peculiar hot damn and i just i just love the way they that Kestra explains it it makes sense that Data would do that. And that is the oh, perfect way perfect. to just, like, shut that down. <laughs> yeah, I guess. it's perfect. I guess, yeah, because you want to see, you know, he wanted to be able to tear up. Like, even Soji's tear in this one that mm. she experiences, uh, it just kind of, like, zooms in on her tear almost. It doesn't really zoom in, mm. but there's, like, this, her cheek is sort of front and center to camera, and she's got this one single tear. Mm. And I'm like, that's an android's tear. <laughs> that makes it unique and interesting. I did quite mucus. Enjoy, I did quite enjoy as well though that you and Riker seem and when I say you I mean Danae and Riker seem to have some skills in common because much like you, Danae, Riker is able to put small bits of information together and figure out the entire plot. <laughs> oh yeah. Major sin moment on that one for me. No, like, but the, you you got far more with far less. Yeah. <laughs> That's in today. Yeah, I mean, thank you. <laughs> Guessing like the androids and the destru- destruction of the universe and stuff. Yeah, you are. You've. I would be sinning how much you know. <laughs> There's no way you got there. I don't know. Yeah, he did. He did make some pretty big, some pretty big leaps. Okay, well, uh, but I probably we'll disagree. But we'll get we'll get to that okay. in engineering. And um, okay. for me, I loved it. Like I knew they were coming. I knew it was going to be this episode. Um, it had been teased enough. I, I knew the planet that they were going to be on. Um, I knew the name of it. Um, but it was amazing. It was perfect. Like, um, yes, I want to see Riker in command. I want to see him in Starfleet. But this was perfect. To see this is like their happy-ish ending. Um, Deanna was perfect. It's the same hairpiece that she used in Nemesis. So they're just and absolutely... And contact lenses. And contact lenses. So everything just felt... Oh, it, yeah, it, it just felt so good to be back with them. And whereas Picard's voice, obviously people age and their voices change. Patrick Stewart's voice is very gravelly. It's obviously a lot mm-hmm. older. The pair of them just sounded exactly as I remembered. Um, so having this be the first new bit of the Next Generation content that I've seen as an adult was, yeah, huge. So this is easily my favourite um, episode to date so far as well I'm not saying anything about what happens in the future but this was such a special episode and you might criticize it for kind of putting the brakes on a bit and we're kind of built to a crescendo they're escaping the borg soji's been activated sorry damn it danae no it is soji <laughs> okay let's talk to the counselor about this it's time it's time i'm, oh, pull- no. I'm pulling us into a counseling oh, no. session albie I, um, no, no i i no no i'm calling it go on Ian likes to blame me for his mistakes, and I don't know how to handle it. How, what, what, what are you? Ad- I'm what? talking. How how would you advise that I uh, move forward in this <laughs> very interesting dynamic? Um. Okay, that is interesting. Definitely some transference going on there. I think, and maybe some vulnerability for me. Because he knows it is one of his uh, his faults. So um, it's his fault, basically. Is what I'm saying. Right. So you what shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel like 
threatened in any way by it. Now I know how Picard feels. <laughs> yeah, um, you'll hear it. You, you'll hear it. This, this won't probably make the cut because this is like inside information for the episode. But like last episode when we recorded it, Ian messed up like two times and said two or three things that were like completely wrong and blamed me every single time for because, it. And here because you're doing it again. Although, although, <laughs> Just a big old although for, you, Ian. for your merchandise, I do think that a t-shirt with, what's her name again? Is probably <laughs> Which one is she? Which one is it? What's it? Soji? Daj? <laughs> Was it Soji? Soji? Doji? Saj? Doji? Saj? Doji? Saj? But yes. So you were saying, Captain? I was saying something about Soji. What was it? Something really important Clearly. that you blame me for, jerk. Shut mm. up. Get Go out of my shit. Get off my bridge. <laughs> um, something Soji. Ba, 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 ba. While you're thinking about that, can I point out yeah. something new that I saw in this episode that has made me just so happy? Uh, Go for it. Uh, when At the start, when Jurati is visited by O... First off, like, mm. what's with the sunglasses? She's a Vulcan. She's got two eyelids. She doesn't need them. Oh, I totally missed that. Yep. But, so that's a sin. We'll pick that up later. But yeah. when when Jurati realises there she, that she's there, she goes, oh. And I just wanted a Monty <laughs> Python sketch of them going, yes. Oh. Oh. What's with <laughs> yes. it? Oh. Oh. That's my name. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that. <laughs> so it's only because oh, it's only I was watching it with subtitles and it came up and I was like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's Commodore O to you, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Right, long story short, I love this episode. It's great. It's amazing. Um, I do have some questions. I do have a, a couple questions that you guys probably be able to answer. So Go for it. Um, this this uh, story arc of their son, is this coming from other content where they had a son who it was an android? Uh, nope. Nope. Or, right, I'll be take this. Um, so we hadn't heard up to this point um, in this episode that they had kids. So this is the first. So we're finding out the same way that um, you are in terms of like this. This is the first instance of Thad being mentioned. Um, Thad died of a rare disease when he was 15, which and, you know, this is where it gets a little bit sinful for me. He could have been saved if it was um uh, basically, if there was if there was synthetic life around, they could have developed a cure for him, but they couldn't, so he died. Um, okay. So because I yeah. I thought for a second that they were painting the picture that he was an android, and so his synth life was affected. But then she said, "So see, you know, even real quote unquote real people have problems too. Like we break down too." Yeah. And so then I thought, okay, so Thad was. A betazoid humanoid mix. So he, kid. yeah, he was, but he was a real life kid. Um, and the cure for his disease involved culturing something in a positronic matrix, which is the foundation of androids. That's their kind of like that. What that's okay. what makes them sentient. It's the MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah, the cure for his disease would have been found in any artificial android, but because of the ban, that meant that there's no cure. But let's sin that further later because I have further thoughts yeah. on that. So the ban means that all of the androids were were like taken away, then? destroyed. Yeah, gone oh, for okay, as okay. much as we know. Yeah. So I I don't think I actually understood that that was part of what we were experiencing in the show because it's not really been to me clearly defined yet. Like, what does that mean? Like, are they just that they're no longer you know being in production or 
I, I maybe missed some cues. I wasn't. It's everything. I don't think I so, yeah, realized that. They can't be that... built. The research is limited. The knowledge okay. of them is restricted, and any existing ones are we're destroyed. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. It's like Star Trek's or the Federation's other big ban, which is like genetic engineering. So mm. that's also okay. Banned, so back to another thought that I had: if a mm-hmm. betazoid and a human have children, would they be humazoids? <laughs> well, Deanna is actually only half betazoid. So mm-hmm. technically, oh, interesting. I'm guessing the kid would like be a quarter, quarter. Bit, yeah, quarter betazoid. Yeah, a quarter betazoid. Yeah, so humicortazoid. Yeah, nice humicortazoid. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like something medical. <laughs> we got humicortazoids running around. Um, and also, before we before we shift or just other things that I referenced, and I think that you were talking about wanting to see uh, Riker in command or like in command mm. of a ship. Um, I did like how his house was his ship. Oh, that like was, he was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. Shields how he up. kind of commanded Shields around. Up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I feel like if I was their child, it would be something I would likely roll my eyes at in some ways oh, at some sure. point in time. You yes. know, like, come on, dad, you know. Or, <sighs> You're not on the ship anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it was really neat to see that the house looked like it was a Lincoln Log set. Yeah. But <laughs> it was actually like the super advanced... You Which know, he would need same. to be. He's made some enemies. Um, he'd want it to be protected, yeah. definitely. But it was good yeah. to get a Riker bellow. I love that though as well. The house because like Riker's from Alaska and he was always like mm-hmm. a big wilderness guy, so it makes perfect sense for them as a character as well. Perfect, like oh, that's neat. Yeah. I had forgotten that. There's so much I don't remember about the content and the world. And I think even though there was a, there was a reference that this one made kind of towards the end when Riker and Picard were sitting, um, I wrote it down. Hold on a second. Oh, um, okay. So Riker and Picard are talking about the existing crew and Picard says um, that the crew that he currently is looking at uh, that's coming to him, quote unquote, like have more baggage than they ever did. Like that the original TNG crew ever did. <laughs> yeah. And I thought this was a really interesting kind of wink and nod to how storytelling has shifted in shows. Absolutely. Because even though I love Deanna and Riker and Picard and Data and Jordy and all these characters and Beverly and all of this, I don't know anything about them. I just know them visually and I know what role they played in the episode. Mm-hmm. And I and that's all that I need to know where I feel like now storytelling is like giving reason to decisions. And I feel like that's kind of a new shift of even understanding the reason a villain does what a villain does because maybe we fell into these story tropes where, you know, the good guys are always justified in killing the bad guys, but then Being we forgot that the bad enough. guys, yeah, like we forgot the bad guys also have reason too, and maybe there's sides to every story. So we just, storytelling has shifted, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And so now we have these shows where they're really giving like gravity to the characters, so much so that in this one, we're learning like that their parents, that they have children that have died. Yeah. They gave they gave character to an entire room. Like when Deanna reaches for the doorknob oh, and kind of just door. barely pauses for a second and just the emotion she shows in her face before opening it, I instantly am like, he's Thad's dead. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe could have been winked and not a little bit beforehand, but now it's like, oh, this is not an easy room to go mm-hmm. into. So there's so much depth. And then the room is filled with things that give even more history to characters that we're 
barely never even gonna see like <laughs> Kestra and all the drawings and all the stuff. Like there's they, they're doing so much story building. And so I just felt like it was a fun little nod to the development of backstory for characters and shows now. Um, like maybe we didn't think that we needed to have this before. We had so much less to relate to. Now we have so much that they're giving us to relate to, sometimes too much to relate to, that we can't imprint our own people. This is one reason I wonder if I love Deanna so much. I got to imprint my Deanna onto that character. Mm. They didn't define it for me. So it's just an interesting kind of thought process I went to while watching this episode. Yeah, it's true. And and that line she says, I'm not brave as I used to be, Jean-Luc. Like, my heart broke 10 times over. But also it's so relatable as, you know, when I think about when I watched Trek when I was younger versus now and the type of person I am and what I've been through. It's uh, You're so right. It's just so relatable and gives depth but doesn't overdo it like we get more of a backstory for thad um than we probably ever did in seasons (laughs) of trek for for deanna and Riker. so that's why you're forgiven for not knowing that Riker's from alaska it gets mentioned in two episodes (laughs) and that's i think it is literally two episodes and that's it um Riker and deanna's romance is set up as a conflict thing in the pilot and then touched upon a few times, but it was never the the ongoing arc that I think somebody once upon a time anticipated. But it's that shift from serialized storytelling um, away from adventure of the week and alien of the week. Um, or shag of the week, if you're Riker. <laughs> yeah, if you're Riker. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he definitely Riker. got some space herpes. I'd say that's, that's one funny moment for me. And this is when he says to Picard, you, you'll, I told you, you'd be, I think he says, um, ass deep in rambulance and i couldn't yeah. listen to that without visualizing something <laughs> sexual because it's Riker, <laughs> and it's so wrong oh, no. but yet so right yeah at the you same absolutely time. know he's been ass deep in a lot of rambulance. <laughs> i i know we usually go like scene by scene through this so i don't know if we're jumping around too much but no, there was like, i also had another thing that was really interesting in this episode too and that was so, like, seeing Picard and Riker together in this episode, there was a couple of moments when I was like, oh, I don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. The one that really bugged me was when they're at the table and, uh, you know, Will is, uh, he's about to kind of, like, go to Picard's defense and Picard, like, holds his hand up to stop him. And I was just like, hello, ego, again. Like, <laughs> really? Let the man yeah. speak. You know, mm-hmm. he's in his own home. This isn't your fucking ship, Picard. You're in Riker's <laughs> goddamn house which he treats as a ship by the way uh-huh. you know of course it's so does. frustrating to me i was like he just dismisses him and i want to hear what he has to say like i wanted to hear that moment when like we hear Riker go to picard's defense because but i know that they're building that i know they're trying to build the soji coming to that too like she wants yeah. to come into it her own and i realize that they're building character but that really pissed me off i was like what <laughs> it's probably it's probably because he's pissed off from deanna telling him off earlier and will telling him off because deanna deanna tells him you had it coming right and then yeah, and let's then, do that moment and then will also says you know typical jean-luc picard you know Making the mm-hmm. decision, you get to choose. Yeah, which I actually yeah, quite was, like. It's like I did too. Yeah, it was a good moment. It was, and it was still done with love and done in a way that's you know you'd call out a friend for saying you know you know yeah. what <laughs> you're being a bit of a dick there. Um, but yeah, yeah, but like their rank had been taken off. Like they're yeah. not wearing their uniforms anymore, yeah. so yeah. they can kind of put that aside. And enough time has happened between them that Will can say something like that to Picard. Yeah, and oh, for sure. Honestly, if there's a character that could talk to Picard like that, it's going to be. The crew. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, that's the characters I want to see talk to Picard that way. I don't want to see the interview in episode one. I don't want to see that <laughs> shit. Some like, stranger telling him that he's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's coming from Will and Deanna, I'm like, yeah, you're being a dick, Picard. But if it's coming from <laughs> other people, I'm like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> that's so my captain. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's weird. <laughs> it's no, it's, you're absolutely right because it comes from a place that you trust. Like they've got 30 yeah. years of friendship and we've now missed half of that friendship because um, it, it happened between series. But I love that Deanna got some teeth. Like Picard, for some reason, has a senior moment and decides to sarcastically put down Soji. Um, and yeah, so yeah, no, it's all fake. You don't have to trust me. Stop being a brat. Stop being a child. And gets in her way, which was oh. And Deanna is just like seething and rips him apart. And it's by far and away like the Deanna was good at calling people out, but this is the the most kind of passionately direct. she's ever done it. Yeah, the most direct. Yeah. It was so good to see. Yeah, Picard in this one does several things a few again where he'll say something or do something that just seems incredibly peculiar to me even how he introduces soji to uh kestra mm. oh my they're goodness they're walking along the road yeah and kestra's like so who's your dad and picard just sort of casually bomb drops <laughs> that it's data and is like oh yeah she's an android knowing that soji is incredibly um just frazzled already yeah. she's she's not stable emotionally she could freak out yeah you know murder everyone just, so he does that um and hey if that's not good enough how about you tell him tell her that her sister is dead as well <laughs> all in front of a child yeah by the way you know so there's just and this is where i get a little frustrated with the writers more than mm -hmm. i'm getting frustrated with picard because he goes back and forth at other places too there's it's not just picard's writing in this one uh even Riker towards the end he's like Nobody would blame you if you stayed home and let other people save the galaxy. Except that's what the entire series is about. Yeah. <laughs> is that people are frustrated that Picard has stayed home and let other people take care of the galaxy. <laughs> so that's frustrating. And then, well, and then he well. turns around. Yeah, then he turns around, like, takes a, he takes a breath, <sighs> you know, puts his arm around Picard, smiles his beautiful smile. God, he's so cute. <laughs> and then he says, and then Picard's like, thanks for not trying to talk me out of this. When Riker just said... Nobody would blame you if you stayed home. So I was like, wait, what, what, what are the writers doing? I feel like whiplash. This hurts. Uh, anyway, there's a couple moments in the writing that I was like just confused mm -hmm. about. And and it's sort of like they're just sort of getting these. That's maybe more for the sin, the sin side of everything. But it still felt really good to see come out of these characters that I love. Oddly, I was yeah. still they've, super into it. I think they've got their bingo card moments that they need to tick off. And it's the... The conflict resolution stuff, but overall, yeah. I did, I did like. I overall liked it too. There was a moment that there, there was another Picard thing that slightly irritated me, and if there's one broad criticism I have of, of um, Star Trek Picard season one, so he starts referring to Soji as a girl, um, and like we've seen her as a highly accomplished doctor mm -hmm. up to this point, a but suddenly woman. she's yeah, suddenly he's kind of infantile. <sighs> infantilizing yeah. her as are and as a result then so is Deanna and, and Will um which I know kind of makes sense because there's the whole oh I'm three years old type thing but that didn't sit right with me because Picard was you know he's always been a character of integrity and will always respect mm -hmm. people where they're at and stuff so that felt a little bit odd and I think my general observation is female characters are 
over traumatized in this show so i think every major female character has a scene where she's crying you know there's there's, mm. there's an element of that and i was kind of thinking that through again while watching this um mm-hmm. and it's not that they're not well-written characters or well-rounded characters but you can tell there's a lot of male writers behind the show is the one thing i would say <laughs> yes yeah yeah there's a lot of strong females like even in this episode we have agnes who is tortured you know uh, she tortures herself her soul is tortured she's vomiting she's mm. all oh like she's falling apart and it's really well acted but it's mm, very intense she's great then you have rafi who is sort of bouncing into a mother type character taking care of agnes uh, but still tortured in her own way and self-medicating. So you've got this interesting kind of dynamic. We see uh, O again, uh, strong family. We've got the Romulan um, sister. Uh, Nerissa, yeah. Mm-hmm, um, who takes front and center on this one. So there's there's a lot of really strong female. And I love seeing it. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. seeing it. I'm all for it. There's all there. There does seem to be the trauma is real. <laughs> yeah. Which Although, you know, it's nice to see Kestra, I guess, as like you said, Albie, that childlike perspective who has seen, you know, hard things and is trying to work it through too, but still has that childlike approach. Mm. That is really nice. And it's the viewer's eye as well. A really good merge of a character Mm. um, there. That is an interesting observation for sure. Using her as a gateway for soji back to her humanity that she just lost like a day ago or hours ago Mm -hmm. um is really 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 clever because she's questioning the fabric of reality like this could be a holodeck for all she knows like she can't trust her memories at all um god can you imagine oh it's it's really messed up and the way that i'm glad they didn't gloss over it because it's more fucked up than I even realised, to, to go from having 28, 29 years of history down to three years and not even know what that those three years are, and then be taken to a planet and then everyone's being nice to you and feeding you, you're like, where the fuck am I and what's going on? Like, that's so, so fucked up. Also, Picard had the same thing happen to him in the inner light. Yes, no, he absolutely did. So yeah, you'd imagine, so- if anything... Will had it happen to him as well when he was kidnapped by the Romulans and put in a holodeck. Like there's, there's, they've all been through it. Troy when she was mm. kidnapped by the Romulans and put in prosthetics. I mean, they've all done yeah. it, right? <laughs> they've Whoa. all had identity crises. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but what one episode memory? Wouldn't that be an interesting thing to have? Also, potentially have had time to touch on is the writers digging back into the history of these characters and their understanding of where Soji yeah. where Soji is and almost even sharing some of their trauma potentially all arriving great. at like this moment where like we're happy here even if this is fake like yes. you know <laughs> <laughs> that's something we all need to get comfortable with because this could be a simulation so we could be in one right now as long right as you're now. happy don't question if it's a holiday <laughs> computer and program nope it's still real nope. okay we're still here <laughs> <laughs> that's a really interesting observation too and i love that you guys know those things like you have those reference points because it does give a different depth um like that ready room moment around the table when they're having yeah. non-simulated pizza uh or whatever what non what is it replicated, replicated pizza yeah. that they're having this kind of like troy is probably thinking about those exact memories that you just mentioned mm-hmm. that's that's what they would be thinking about is yeah it sucks, mm-hmm. 
but we have all this experience, like you're going to get through it. And being able to, to remind Picard to just be careful in how he talks to her and guide her through it. And then for Kestra to tell Soji, you have to trust someone too. Like I got through this because of my parents, because I have support. You're going to need yeah. that too. Mm. Um, so it kind of felt like what the, this episode did was it took the characters on the planet. Uh, what's the planet's name? Nepenthe. Uh, uh, Nepenthe? Yeah. It took like the Nepenthe story and it's kind of like, okay, we're all going to be healing together. And then on the opposite side, you have like a shitstorm happening <laughs> where Elnor is l- curling up in the corner of a board cube about Rocking to cry. And forwards. Yeah. Well, let's transition into into that. Yeah. What was that thing? So that was the, um, the emergency the little... beacon that Seven of Nine gave to Picard okay, that somehow okay. Elnor now has, but... That's fine. It's okay. Whatever. I was it hanging he it off up. of a console? Did because it seemed like he just no, saw it. Well, he had. Um, that was confusing to me. Yeah, that was confusing. Okay. But it, okay. either way, yeah, that that's what it is. So bring okay. on the Rangers. Um. So yeah, we Nerissa has now exposed herself completely. Like she's always been in the shadows. She's always been like a hologram, more sneaking around, um, checking in with um, Narok. But no. now she's exposed herself and is Don't really... say it like that. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what? She has. Exposed okay. her position. Um, and has decided to get very, very murdery. Um, how did you feel, Albie, about um, Hugh's exit? Um, well, how did you feel when Hugh, tur- Hugh turned up again a few episodes before this and then his sudden yeah, exit? Yeah, I mean, I was delighted to see Hugh again. Obviously, we knew because... They had to reveal every guest star that was going to be in the show uh-huh. beforehand. In every trailer. In every trailer. So we knew he was going to turn up. Um, but it was amazing to see like him fully realised as a character in his own right, separate from yeah. the Borg. Having Talking a about purpose. more backstory. Yeah. I, it felt like a throwaway death to me. I'm not sure what it adds to the story. Yeah, agreed. I, I Personally, I don't get it. The only thing I can uh. think of is it, it moves Elner from being the helper of the lost cause to actually being the lost cause himself if that makes sense <laughs> oh yeah, that's about it. interesting but my goodness if you're going to kill off a character with a legacy like you don't make it for that <laughs> it just it felt like we know he's not going to be in season two and three likely we will never need him again so let's kill him and mm. hey if we need to the ship reassimilates him and will bring him back to life somehow it didn't have the punch that I needed it no, to. No, and also to do it with Elnor, who has a character who has, like, zero connection to him. If Picard yes. was around, if, if someone else, or Seven, or someone mm-hmm. who had some element of a connection. Is it just right. to make us hate Nerissa more? Because yeah. I already don't like her. I mean, give the, <sighs> yeah. give the woman a moustache, because she is that kind of villain, oh, right? Oh, she's that, yeah. <laughs> she's literally the twirling villain, yeah. <laughs> No, you, it's interesting, too, because we also don't have a really deep emotional connection to Elnor because he's not relatable, really, and he hasn't <laughs> had a lot of screen time, right? He's been he's underused. Just, they pick him up and then forget about him. So to take, like, a Hugh, which people are like, oh, cool, and then put him with, like, a kid who stuck around, by the way, to protect and then disappeared so that all the Borg could be, uh, the XPs Moided. could be killed, and then he shows up right after that moment. I was so... That's one of my instances, futile moments mm-hmm. for sure. That whole the whole thing just was like it did. It felt forced. It felt yeah. strange. Like we're gonna we're gonna kill off Hugh, and here's here's just how it's gonna happen in this very strange. Like if you're gonna commit to doing it, have him battle. sacrifice himself. Have 
It's just right. a throwaway dagger. I, it's, I mean, oh my God, for a split second there, I was like, oh my God, Hugh and Elnor are about to take over the board cube. Yes. This is going to fucking rule. I thought they were, they when I first watched it, I was like, ooh, they're going to become a couple. That's where I went with it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that awesome. That yeah. so cool. But that didn't happen. Um, no. The one thing I thought was like, because you have that scene where Nerissa's like just being total heinous villain going, uh, all their deaths are on you and the deaths of everyone in the galaxy um, mm-hmm. because you let Picard and Soji go. Technically, she fucked up, so it's on her. But anyway, um, yeah. like if if she killed him at, after that, that would have been even like more devastating and therefore probably more impactful because it's like you kill him with that parting thought. Um, but mm-hmm. no, she just kind yeah. of walks away and does the whole, oh, you're a Federation citizen, I'm just going to leave you <clears throat> do your thing. And then decides to kill him anyway. It's just a casual stabby stabby. It's, it's, and I, I wonder if they, they made it a less impactful death because of all of the lovey stuff that we've got going on. So all of the, they didn't want to tinge the episode with Deanna and Riker with also killing off Hugh. So do it in a different episode is what I'm saying. Like do it in the finale. Like you couldn't have brought him back for one more episode. Like, I mean, why kill him now at all? I mean, they also killed each episode. They've basically killed two ex-Borg. Yeah. So, you know, and all just, the there's so much. All the yeah, stuff, there's so much. Yeah, all the stuff they set up around, like, you know, the XBs coming back into the world and giving them a second chance yeah. of life and let's just kill the two figureheads that yeah, <laughs> we know. Which, which, based on, so last episode we kind of talked about, you know, even just that storyline and how interesting that is. So maybe they realized that they were opening up this really interesting world and they weren't prepared for it. It's like, you know what? This kill is it. too much. We've made too much. We've we've given this too much. Let's just kill it. But you're mm. right. Like maybe he's brought back somehow. Maybe there's something that happens that they can do with the story somehow. But it, it just seemed like why wouldn't the sister just jump on a ship with her brother and go after Soji? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Because she, she was going to go to the home planet? Was that the Oh, yeah, idea? that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's that's trying right. to get that out of him, but can't because he doesn't know. Which he doesn't, but blah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's the only bit of the episode that feels tanked on, for sure. Um, well, if she yeah. wants to know where the home planet is, she just has to go hack some kid's text message to a, a captain. <laughs> Uh-huh. about a security breach i like how the parents were just like at the table oh, well, this could be in resistance but how the parents at the table and they're like really proud of kestra they're like oh good job kestra for figuring that out and i'm like security breach this is really highly classified information but you know that felt like a really relatable moment because you know i have been at the kitchen table when you're debating something like that and what if like my nieces or nephews have googled it and found it out in the second <laughs> so that felt like oh yeah yeah, that, that was very authentic. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's you're annoyingly right. accurate. Yeah. But yeah, massive Starfleet security. Starfleet has the worst security system on <laughs> ever at all for uh. every episode. So um, that leaves us with um, the La Serena and Rios frustratingly not being able to shake his Romulan pointed eared tail. Um, and this is where like Agnes just gets unhinged. Like, she gets, like, Raffi nails it. She's like, yeah, when you came on the ship, you were nervous, you were giggly, you were funny, and now you're militant. Like, you are really pissy in what's going on. Obviously, Rios figures out that something is squiffy here, something, somehow they're being tracked. And I love that he immediately goes to Raffi. He, like, points the finger at her hard. She is the easier target. Yeah. What would you have thought if they actually didn't do that setup with Agnes and we didn't know as the viewer? Do you think that would have been a more interesting way to play it? 
So it could be Rafi. Or it could it be. would it would have been for the short term, but for the long term it gives you another twist, another reveal. And I I think yeah, that's fair enough. doing it this way makes it more rewatchable. I think if I you do know. it that way it's a it's a bigger twist and turn. You guys know more about if they have more twists and turns in the future to reveal. But I think it would have been really interesting because we would have watched Agnes essentially kill herself wondering why or try to. Yeah. I mean, she, I don't know if she was actually intending to kill herself because I wasn't really sure exactly what she replicated. Well, was it was it a, what it was it a pass out inator or was it a offinator? Some, no, it's something that she knows will disrupt the signal of the thing that she ate of the tracking. Okay, So she's diamond. not actually trying to just check out forever. But that was a possible outcome. It was okay, okay, okay. Yeah, she knew that was yeah. a risk. It would have been, it would have been a great reveal. It would have been a great twist, but you only get that twist once, and I wouldn't trade that for being alongside her as she's had more information than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. And thinking about it, and thinking about, it, we know what she did with Bruce Maddox as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. you'd have had to hide that as well. You've then yeah. got a load of backpedaling to do with, yeah, a Columbo moment at the yeah. end, where it's like, I yeah. know that you killed this person with the the hypo Ooh. spray in the med bay. So, yeah, I, I, I get the temptation, but I think they went the right way with it. Cool. I think maybe we could have not seen the cake scene. <laughs> Save it for engineering. But... <laughs> <laughs> I guess <laughs> my my favorite line in this section is from Raffi who's she's come to she's come to Agnes's aid and there was a little bit of who are you to be helping her you're you're completely messed up and she just kind of put me in my place and was like yeah sometimes a fucked up person can pull themselves together enough to make a semi helpful person that can help in an emergency and that's so true like she may go into a spiral after this but in an emergency she she can she's still a mum she still has that maternal instinct so it was a great episode to see another side of Rafi 100% agree yeah i think that they're doing a good job of sprinkling in just enough details of her character that we remember that she is redeemable mm-hmm. which is a really important thing for people to do when they're justifying character arcs later on <laughs> <laughs> yep um yeah i think that's unless there's anything else you want to hit on from the episode Feels like we got through quite a few drinks talking that over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, my my final thing was that Nepenthe, because you were you were questioning the name of it earlier. Um, it's the name for it's a Greek drug apparently, or it's it's in Greek mythology, and it would be um, a drug that would help you forget, specifically forget traumatic pain. Um, oh, interesting! Uh-huh. It's a cool name. So they. Oh, went- that's so interesting. Mm, and, the pla- and the planet has regenerative proper- properties, uh, properties, according to Riker. So, yeah, little little bit of foreshadowing maybe there, but you know, mm-hmm. unless you're in the know. Whoa, that's a real. Oh, and I, I picked up on what he said about the the planet, but I didn't understand like the the name, the history of the name. That's mm. so interesting. I I know we talked about it already. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, guys. I was so happy to see Troy. <laughs> I was so happy to see Riker. That was a fist pump. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, you heard me react whenever they... I just heard his voice and I knew it was Will. I was like... Um, <laughs> that wasn't yelling. actually That wasn't actually the noise that I made. I think it was more like... You swooned. I saw a visible uh, swoon when Riker appeared. As did we all. Yeah, 
But when Troy sees Picard and they embrace for the first time and oh. you just see all this like emotion in her eyes and then she realizes that he's there and he's dying and mm-hmm. they don't even say it. They don't even say it. It's just like this unknown between them. <laughs> and how she, he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Like when Picard dies, when Sir Patrick passes, that's the thing that I'm going to remember is him like looking to camera, basically saying, it's okay. It's okay. You know, because like we love this guy. Oh, we do. I can't. We do. I'm not ready. I'm it's not an emotional ready. episode. Okay, let's move on. Get okay, deep. quick. <laughs> Take us to engineering. <laughs> Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Albie, you are the guest, so you may go first. What was your first sin to get off your chest? Right, let's go. Um, Let's do it. uh, The goddamn pizzas and everything to do with the pizzas. (laughs) What's wrong with the pizza? Well, first off, they were cooking that fucking pizza all day long, in daylight, and then they sat down to dinner at night time, and then everyone only took one bloody slice. Like, who eats one slice of pizza? And also, Star Trek. And also, there was like dead bunny on it. Like, really? And and Kestra said she was a pacifist, yet murdered some rabbits. (laughs) So good. Oh, what a great juicy sin that is. That sin lasts all day long. That has dimension. That has like magnitude. You're not wrong. It has it rage tiny as pizza. well. As a vegetarian, it has rage. Yes. <laughs> My rage was just at the bunny corn. I was like, you got a fucking rabbit and stuck a pine cone on its head. Yeah. Like, that's your alien species, Although really. That was that was an actual in-joke. So that was a tribute to the dog with the horn in the original series. Oh, was it actually? Yeah, it was, oh, it that's was amazing. actually a premeditated thing. Okay, that's fine. I'll let them have it. Um, no, that's fair. She shouldn't be killing things. She's a pacifist and it took all day to make food that they then didn't eat. <laughs> uh, I have more. Shall I keep going? Oh, we're going we're gonna to do a round robin. Okay, um, fine. D- Danae, okay, okay. go for it. Oh, um, okay. I know that it's important. But every mm. episode starts with going back in time. Oh, Either 13 agreed. years or three weeks or at some point and it is a little bit of a jumble in my mind it's such a momentum killer isn't it yeah because it immediately says oh okay wait where are we what happened last episode what happened this whole series so far because now we're you know this many episodes in and Mm -hmm. so there's like a there's a little chart in my mind that i'm trying to keep (laughs) track of as to where we are yeah and it is helpful sometimes to see what happened in the past, but because they do this almost every episode or every episode where we go back an X amount of years mm-hmm. or further or it, whatever, I know that they're piecing something together, And but you don't have to do that every episode. And it just kind of bugged me to see it again. It's an important bit of exposition, but it's in the wrong place. It It's not how the episode needed to start. So, so when Agnes, so the the ex the the going back three weeks in this is to replay the scene between Agnes and command commander Commodore, a Commodore. Oh, and so, but when Agnes is when Rios, yeah, I remembered it. As long as you mean the captain of the ship. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. When Rios is questioning or uh, telling Agnes that he thinks that. Rafi is the one to be suspicious of. Mm-hmm. 
that would be an interesting moment to kind of flash back to that conversation. Like she's remembering it and remembering taking this interesting like synth pill or tracking device or whatever. Way more organic. A a really interesting way to do that. And then we're, you cut out the first, you know, 10 minutes that we don't need to actually replay. But we do also see the memories implanted. But when she's having her mental breaks, she could be flashing back again to that moment where she's being shown something she didn't want to see. That was an interesting reveal It to, to know how it was shown to her, this future mm. that she didn't want to see or this this memory or whatever she was shown. So, But that was a little bit, I'm like, God, can we please just start Stop. the show? Yeah. We've already <laughs> had previously ons. We now have more exposition. I want to know what's happening right now. Yeah, totally. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my first one's really simple. Punching a holographic display. <laughs> when Rios gets really frustrated that he can't, mm-hmm. he, he they're in the tractor beam and he just punches the holographic display. I was like, well, that, a you found some resistance and b like what's why? I I love that. I loved and hated it. Albie, what have you got? So there's actually two continuity errors in this episode that really bug me. Oh. So the first one is Commander O again. Um, her um rank pin is. Um, crooked in the first shot and isn't in the second. Um, oh, nice. So that annoys me. Love that. And the second one is that there's a shot of Hugh peering around the corner as Nerissa and um, Elnor fight, and he already mm-hmm. has the knife in his neck. <gasps> ah, oh no! No, what? he doesn't. He does. See, Go can I bounce it. off? Go of, look at it. Can I bounce off of your sin here for that scene, just as a yeah. reminder, because that scene bugged the shit out of me. There were so many beaming spotlights spinning around. Like, what What do we need on this Borg ship that just constantly has <laughs> lights just spinning around? Because this is how yeah. the Borg ship is. Even when Picard and Hugh met and, like, met on that kind of, like, walkway and hugged each other in that moment, there's just this beam of light spinning around like a disco. And then in the fight scene with Elnor, he's doing all this poor cor- parkour, like, jumping off of all of these boxes and cubes and stuff, which could look cool if the camera would slow down a little bit it's just spinning around and there's all these lights everywhere like i could not look at one thing that entire scene so congratulations to you for finding that because that scene was so busy for me mm-hmm. that the sin was just like I, I didn't Ugh. i did not spot it until this time round. The, the, the one I'm in the neck looking at it now it's insane. It's so it's obvious. Unreal. It's just sticking out of sin. his neck. Yeah. What a great sin. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> he just looks around the corner and it's just like, nothing to see here. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but no, that that was my next sin as well, was that the choreography, the fighting. It's the worst that we see in the entire season. And so far, it's been great. The action has been fantastic. But this was just so hard to see what was going on. And it makes me think that maybe the actor that plays Nerissa doesn't have the same um, stunt credentials or couldn't quite pull it off the same that the actor that Elnor plays, uh, sorry, the actor that plays Elnor does. Because that's usually the reason you do quick cuts is because you don't want to show who's doing what and you don't want to show the action. But yeah, it was a that entire fight sequence was a mess. Um, what was my next one? Hugh being protected by a treaty... Until he isn't, and just like a, if you're if an, if a treaty is going to hold you back, it's going to take more than whatever you say that he's attempting to do to um to to 
go against it. And if it's that easy, just make up a fucking reason and kill him on the spot. Like, just make some... It's not like Starfleet around the corner and checking in on you. Like, yeah. it was such a flimsy reason to not kill him. And that treaty apparently doesn't protect the XBs. We're just going to murder all of them. That's fine. Yeah, and also, like, you know, let's go infiltrate Starfleet to its highest ranks, but let's not kill someone because of a treaty. <laughs> yeah, but let's... That's diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was crazy. Like the tits off me, um, Albie. Man, I don't know if you're allowed to have another go because that one Those is good. It's so Brutal. good. But go ahead. I'm going to send Pizza, a picture of this to Danae. Followed by a knife in the neck. I'm so excited for what you're going to say. Next. This is building on one of the sins you called out um, from episode one, which is around the transporter tech. Mm-hmm. Picard and Soji happen to land on Nepenthe in exactly the right place at the right moment to meet Kestra. <laughs> Yeah, huh? Insane. Did uh, I, I mean, it's been a while since I watched the episode before, but I'm pretty sure Picard didn't go, I need to go exactly here. And uh, no. He just says Nepenthe and probably mm-hmm. gives some coordinates. I mean, why that far away from the house? Like, just yeah. beam into their back garden. Yeah. I guess maybe if he thought ahead for protecting them so that the coordinates weren't exact, but even if someone went to Nepenthe and asked around, they would find out that Riker and Troy Mm -hmm. were there and put two and two together. And the answer is to get the expositional walk from A to B, but... And, and the curious, like, oh, are we on, like, a, you know, primitive native-style homeworld where... You know, people are using bows and arrows. I love so. that shadowy shot where she's kind of got antenna and the yeah, bow and great. arrow. And that's exactly what the intent is. It was it's so d esque wasn't it? It's so like, good. you know, like um, playing dress up and stuff. Yeah. Pretty Roll cute. initiative. Yeah. There's a little girl. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I've got plenty more. Uh, yeah, did good. I, We're I not think, done. Yeah, you go for it. Um, so in Sick Bay on La Serena, the. Um, replicator that they used to create the hypospray is actually a 3d printer and you can see the brand name on it oh no no that makes no (sighs) sense why would you use an actual 3d printer it's also the 3d printer that we see in um utopia planitia when the workers like replicate some lunch for themselves it's the same oh that's hilarious do you think it's like a brand deal where I don't think so. I think they just were like, oh, we'll just use this and someone forgot to cover up the brand. This looks sci fi enough. We'll yeah. use this. Yeah. But you get enough yeah. of a lingering shot on this that you can actually see it. That's My hilarious. sin in that moment when she. So, this is when she replicates that thing that puts her into a coma, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she goes up to like the little display and she just pushes a few buttons. And I'm like, don't you usually speak to the replicator and tell it what you need? Because she presses like three components on it and it develops what she needs mm. and then the computer says uh just a warning this could be dangerous so that we the audience have this sort of build up but does that mean that in just a few presses of the button anybody could replicate that like it just seemed like it was really strange that it was like a button push situation yeah i mean Girati is a doctor so she's actually a medical doctor as well as a cyberneticist right. so Maybe she has she knows a shortcut or something, but it's pretty <laughs> sinful. What a shortcut to have. Yeah. <laughs> also, wouldn't wouldn't you like wouldn't there be rather than going warning, the thing you just replicated might kill you, you kinda go, Warning, we will not replicate this until you can verify Yeah, or right. only the captain can do this. Or at least yeah. like a little yeah. memo is sent to the captain. By the way, somebody died in here. And the person, the only other person in the room, is now trying to replicate something really sketchy. <laughs> the, the sick bay knows exactly what's going on, but doesn't tell anybody. 
Yeah, I no, want to bounce sinful. off of that too, like with the whole ship thing. Can I ask this question? You guys might want this question. Is mm-hmm. it a sin or is it not a sin that Randy Rowdy, Rios. Captain Rios, yep. <laughs> suddenly he's like, Rafi, Rafi, do this. Kill the tractor beam. What are you doing? Push the buttons, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't you have computer systems that could come to your fucking aid, dude? Like, don't, can't you just say like, hey, person, appear and do shit? Because isn't that part of the whole thing? Like, he has a crew at the ready. Yeah, there's 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 a hologram that looks after the weapons, engineering, hospitality, but apparently not one for whatever drunk Raffi is doing. <laughs> Inebriated so Raffi is better than any computer program, apparently. He's just yelling at her. Like, yeah. well, what if she wasn't here? Would you be doing that? Would a computer yeah. be doing that? So what? Maybe, maybe engage that part. I don't know. It just seemed like it was an unnecessary tension builder when mm. the answer is use the computer like you usually do. So it, the novel that Ian is about to embark on reading actually answers that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because where I've started the novel, he doesn't have that hologram Mm-mm. stuff set up yet. So, so is my, it too my... spoilery to tell any to I, tell us? Is it's it... a great story. I'm not going to ruin it. Is it no, spoilery? I'm not going to. Ru- I'm not going to ruin it for Ian because it is actually oh, like. Okay. A oh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, my... Okay, wait, wait. So can I Go sin on. it or no? Sin it. I think you can sin it based on what you see on screen. And it is like okay, it's okay, extended okay. canon. So, you yeah. know. Right. My guess would be that <clears throat> he has a crew to go into dangerous situations. So the ship is enough to help him out getting from A to B. But when he has a mission, he needs a crew in different positions. But we'll, we, I will see in feedback. <laughs> and I think my biggest sin for the, the entire episode would undo the episode. And I know it has to happen, but Picard should not have gone to Nepenthe. He absolutely should not have gone to um, Will and Deanna. And I know he says, I regret it already, I've put you in danger, but you knew that going in. It Like, as far as impulses go, this is really super-duper selfish. And with the trauma they've already been through, they have a little girl that, as far as he knows, he's bringing a ball cube filled with Romulans with him to to them. And man, I would never forgive him for doing this. Like, go to Wharf, go to... Jo- I know we, we don't know where they are, but you must have a contact that isn't in his 60s that can help you out here. I actually agree with you, as much <laughs> as it pains me because yeah, I want to see them there. Yeah, and I wouldn't change did- it. <laughs> Why did he go? What did he gain by going there? Peace of mind? I don't know what he gained. He did because Rios just what picks him back Soji up again. Gain? He just gets beamed Is- up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it got him out, but they didn't actually help him other than some yeah. emotional counselling for Soji that he didn't realise he needed. He could have just right. he could have just gone to La Serena. Um not far enough away, I would imagine. Because okay. the tractor beam only lets La Serena go if because they know that Soji isn't on the ship. Right. But I'm just anywhere. Like, I, I don't just know. Just the next like, planet over or something. Yeah. Like, whatever planet you want. I don't know. Is it? This it, is dangerous. He, yeah. So in the moment, maybe he panicked and he couldn't think of any place else because he was, you know, pressed for time and aging, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to blame everything on age. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. What a horrible thing to press onto these beautiful people that should just be left alone to, mm-hmm. to their healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to mention this one, but it's super quick. It's the fact that, so, because you said, El, um, not Elnor, Hugh has the knife that's stabbing in his neck. Ironically, when he is stabbed, that cut disappears. 
<laughs> so when when she's holding the blade up to his neck originally and the blood starts going down the knife, in the next shot there's no cut. <laughs> the one time they need it the and it's not scene. there. Just it's the all whole broken. scene is just so that's so it's so confusing. Like even even um the Romulan lady herself, she says to him like that's not how the Zotfash fight. fight, yeah, right. But she had just shot at them. Oh, my note for that is Elnor so fucking she, stab her. Yeah, like it's, screw it, just stab her with a samurai stick. She had already been shooting at them. Yeah. So this is clearly just her attempt to be like, we have an honor system. I Do just. We heck? It would have been a, a this works sin for forever. I don't know. Elnor is a bit naive. Fine, but but he also you just instinctively Hugh. chops people's heads off. Like he just oh yeah ended the last episode slicing people's heads off without mm-hmm. question. So suddenly late. he just turns into this different. I don't know. That was the whole part was just so frustrating. Yeah, that bugged me. Mm-hmm. Anything else, guys? Oh yeah. Oh, go for it. You want you want me, you want me to do it? Okay. Hit me. Uh well. In CinemaSins world, we send candles, um, and yes. the yeah, a lot of candling. table with all of the candles was yeah. very. One wasn't even lit on certain <laughs> shots. Um, there were so many, and I just don't know why. So I would. That's just an easy, like an easy reach for one. Uh, there's another moment with Elnor where he, the, like, one of the last two shots of Elnor when he. So the last shot of Elnor, he's like kind of huddled in the corner, but just before the corner. He dives under a table to get to the corner, like in this sort of like mm. dramatic fashion when he could have just walked around. And I'm just like, I guess that's just fun for Elnor. <laughs> just Yeah. Apparently it is. <laughs> Give him something you know, to do. When you want to go across the room, you don't just walk. No. You dive you under tables and roll around parkour like. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess if I was really athletic, maybe I would do too. <laughs> I don't know. In crunch time. Um, so that was one. Do you have more too, Albie? Because I, I have just a couple ha- more. I just I have one more. How do house shields work? Can you walk through <laughs> them? Can you? Because they were out in the garden afterwards. So is it a shield around the boundary? Because you see like a flash on the windows, which yeah. implies that there's a shield. Right. How do you get through? Do they scan your body bio and they know mm. who can go in and out? Shield technology has always been dodgy in Star Trek. Like it's always changeable whether or not you can beam through them as well <laughs> when it's convenient. Um, no, that's a fair sin, definitely. What have you got to wrap us up, Danae? Um, I have, I, I think I would definitely sin, this is uh, staying in the, uh, um, uh, where Deanna and Will are. If they're outdoory people, mm-hmm. why is Deanna in like four inch heels? This bothers me <laughs> so much. In every I mean, show. You know, if if it's her aesthetic, all for it. You can wear heels wherever you want to go. At least they were kind of chunky heels, so they don't just dig into the earth mm-hmm. all the time. But like, if you're going to go gardening and you're living out in the wilderness, <laughs> you would think that you would have on clothes that would be easy to just get around in. And she's just like looking so cute, but also why? So I usually like to sin heels when I can. <laughs> Probably because she's five foot four and Will's well, six that's foot what three. I was about to say. As two people that have stood next to Marina Sirtis, she is five foot three on a good day. That's so like, cute, though. Let her be five three. No, but she's if she's in me. If she's into <gasps> outdoorsiness, she can't reach shit. So she needs heels to get to like the apples <laughs> to get to and the stuff. tomatoes. Get to the tomatoes. She's tall. She's or shorter tomatoes, than most of the vines. As she said, which was sinful yeah. to me. Just because, as, as an English person, indeed. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of being an English person, I liked the the line. Oh, what was the line? 
was when the the hologram shows up at the end <laughs> when when Agnes falls over. What was it? Oh bloody hell! Oh bloody hell! Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Please state the nature of the medical. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> yeah. so I liked that that's, a lot. That's up there with the cheeky feckers line from. Laris earlier oh, in the show. The Momulan. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so good. I love it. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, bloody the, hell. Um, the poor accents are also explained in the book, which I was quite happy yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, they're there. Yeah, it's nice. I've got one I've got one final one, but I don't know if it's a sin as such, but it bothers okay. me. Bring it to the table. Oh, actually, mind rapes Jurati. She doesn't ask yes. for consent. Yeah, I this is non-consensual mind down meld. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was really disturbing to watch. I mean, it speaks to her, like, her dark nature. Oh, you for know? sure. Yeah, like, no self-respecting whatever she is, Vulcan slash Romulan, whatever, would do something like that. Um, but we know she's evil, so it doesn't matter. So it's that still, really solidifies yeah. it, though, mm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you don't... You rarely do it with anybody that isn't in your family, let alone... Yeah, it's... it's I, it, I it's, absolutely had that, it's too. It's like, let me show you... It's the equivalent of just like getting your junk out in front of someone's face. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's yeah. like that. So that really popped. And yeah, I hadn't yeah. realized that until I watched it this time. But yeah, that was- mm-hmm. yeah, the, she didn't have a uh, didn't have a choice. I did. I think it's important for us to see that part of Agnes's backstory because yeah. we need to understand how she arrived in her unraveling yeah. that she's mm-hmm. in that she has happening. You know, right now. And when she said, "I wish I wouldn't have been shown what I was shown," now we see how traumatic it was. It wasn't like. She sat down for a debrief and they all talked about it or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was forced on her, which, you know, lets us again excuse away some of Agnes's darkness. Mm-hmm. She has, um, she's been brainwashed in a really, really forceful way. I have a really important one, Ian. Go for it. This is our and last before one. Before I forget. Make it okay. good. Okay. Oh, Captain Roger Rio guy. He says, before they move forward in the ship, he says, Take a seat and hold on tight. Mm-hmm. And I just felt super validated that I have been sitting the fact that no one has been fucking sitting down. Even the captain is like, sit down. Shit and you've been like, oh, down. there's stabilizers. Oh, Inertial there's dampeners. There are. Oh, there's dampeners. <laughs> and I'm like, sit down. <laughs> there's still no seat belt. So then what's the seat going to do? Just bring you closer to the floor. Apparently it's needed. Even the captain said it. He says, <sighs> take a seat. Hold on tight. He's probably drunk. Right, with that, let's head to our <laughs> final stop, the captain's ready room. Welcome to the captain's ready room, where we hear our ambassador's predictions for the rest of the season and bask in her cue like glory if anything else she's previously predicted has come true. So, I think the, the big one you predicted that came to fruition completely was the universe-ending apocalypse stuff. So, that's the vision that's been shown by... O to Agnes and is confirmed by Nerissa as well. Yes, you nailed that on the head. Um, if the AI survive, then it's the end of the universe. You like said that word for word last a um, couple of episodes ago. <laughs> what? Yeah. Have you seen the show already? <laughs> I haven't. No, and you guys talk about like seeing the previews and knowing who all is coming onto the show. I have I have none of that in my brain Unreal. at all. I have accidentally come across some memes which is how I knew 709 was even going to be in this. Of course, um, yeah. But I don't know if anyone else, you know, from the show is. I'm not sure if we're going to see Jordy or anyone else. I would love to. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's one where I'm like, sweet. Got nice. that one. You nailed it. Absolutely. 
I mean, it, it makes sense when you think that there's a character like Agnes who has seen something so horrible that she, her only choice as a very seemingly passive person would do mm-hmm. something so aggressive. Like it has to be huge. Yeah. I still don't understand how we're looking into the future though. And maybe I'm forgetting something about Star Trek universe that I should You're be. You're not. Okay. okay. You have all of the information that you have been given so far. Okay. So what's your prediction for that then, actually? Why do you think so, that we're getting we're seeing the future? Well, that's what I kind of wanted to chat about is once we saw the, you know, horrible memory insertion, I'm thinking that there's like there's manipulation on that level where someone is manipulating memories somehow or they're showing things that don't necessarily mean what they're, they're kind of choosing what to show because in that flash there was so much coming so quickly and i even wrote this down as i was like that was too fast that was too fast like mm-hmm. if i if i was by myself i'd be going frame by frame <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh-huh. okay and yeah. i'm trying to kind of evaluate what we're seeing and it reminds me of how the show started where we're seeing like planets imploding etc cetera, etc cetera, and it's because of the synth situation um so yeah i feel like it's just like a cover-up of somebody or some organization that's sort of just deciding this is how we're going to get what we want and so we want to you know we want to paint the android or the synth uh the synth life in this way so this is how we're going to you know get what we want and so we're going to justify it how can we justify it oh well we can make how can we make something that is undeniable so for like for agnes the undeniable thing is these memories or this future being shown this very very real thing so i i don't i don't know i don't have an understanding of like how time travel potentially works in star trek i don't know that it does so i'm thinking it's just really cleverly placed information that is false somehow interesting that's my prediction it is so noted um we've already we had your prediction last week of what is (laughs) on i get so nervous in this part um you're killing it don't worry um you're statistically (laughs) this is statistically unlikely um (laughs) I feel like we're in a time loop and you've got some of the information from the previous loops that we're missing out on. Like, is the ship going to blow up? Um, so yeah, last week we had your prediction of what's going to happen on um, uh, Soji's home planet. And now Albie hasn't heard this yet, but you... Well, recap your prediction for that. If you rem- Do you remember it? No. So you predict that there's going to be um, lots of synths and androids on oh. this planet and they're going to be on... They're on this planet, and that's why the Romulans want to get there to to wipe oh, yeah, them yeah, out. Yeah. And you think that mm-hmm. lots have been made, and they're all there. So yeah, yeah. we know, we know that's what you predict for that. Anything else? What are the loose ends that you're hoping are going to be resolved well, we as got we this head into Elnor the final sitch. three episodes? Yeah, we've got this Elnor situation, which means mm-hmm. that they have purposefully, you know, brought in this sad kid that doesn't have anywhere to belong, and then they kicked him out immediately. <laughs> Still so he's just <laughs> he's just out there. <laughs> Um, which likely means he's a MacGuffin of some kind. So um, I will say Ian let slip something about the Rangers. So I'm assuming that that means that Seven comes back with Rangers and then the Rangers are going to be showing up on Synth Planet to do some last well, second saving the screen. day sort of a situation. Let slip. The, the <gasps> communicator flashes Fenris but, emergency or something like SOS. that. Does it? Yeah, it literally oh. says Fenris Rangers SOS. It is so it, like plastered. I must have blinked. Yeah. Okay, okay, oh, no, okay. It is a blink and it's gone, but they okay. weren't very <laughs> subtle about it when you see it. Okay. Except for if you blink, then you miss that. Yeah. Like it's about did. as subtle okay, okay. as a knife in the neck before you get stabbed. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think obviously that, I guess that's more obvious than 
uh, than I realized it was. Um, Great prediction. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, I, I have predicted that the Fenris Rangers were going to come back. You did? Yep. So that was that one seems to be tracking pretty mm-hmm. well. Captain Crandall, maybe not so much. God, or maybe so maybe he is the big bad behind it all. Ooh. Maybe. Who knows? In my notes, all caps, is who is this Captain C person? I love it when you lock into something that doesn't matter. I wish I had mentioned him. (laughs) Look over here. Don't look at him. Right. Uh, Um, um, I think that's most of it. We've got the planet is the big one. The universe ending is the other big one. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think think, I want to know... I feel like there's going to be some revelation about the end of the characters too. Like there, there has to be an end to the bad guys. So, Oh, and the twisted siblings, Yeah, you know, they're going to have their end somehow. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how that's all going to kind of come out in the end and how public it will be. And, Mm -hmm. If Picard is going to be reigned and heralded as the savior person and then be, you know, more accepted back into society. And are we going to end the series with another interview that where he's happy and he's back home with his Romulus buddies having a drink of wine? And he looks out over the vineyard and there's Soji, you know, (laughs) dancing or whatever. (laughs) Amazing. Picking grapes. Yeah. Secreting liquids. Oh, you know, as, oh. <laughs> as androids do. <laughs> Women do not secrete liquids. I will not have it. I will we not. sure do. <laughs> cool. Okay, with that, let's move into the thing I don't. I still don't have theme music for Six Degrees of Trekkeration. Danae, this week is going to be slightly different. So Danae is going to do her standard, come up with a word, but Albie mm-hmm. is going to be the one to hop, skip, and transport us to Star Trek. Go on, In Danae. six moves or less. Six moves or less. You have to get to something Star Trek. But more than three. Starting with beeswax candle. <laughs> nice. Oh, I think I've got one. <laughs> I think I have two. Um, Subrosa. Cool. So, so, so beeswax candles, um, we see candles in various episodes of Star Trek, including one um, that has a ghost living in a candle that Dr. Crusher shags. That's exactly where I was going to go. Holy shit! We talked about ghosts before you joined us today. And also, the the same ghost shagged her grandmother. So basically, there's like an incest thing that links back to (laughs) to creepy Romulan siblings. This is a whole episode based around a sex candle and a ghost in Scotland. (laughs) I have a request. Yes. I know we're just doing Picard for now, yes. but should we continue on with this podcast with more Star Trek content, yeah. which I know is a possibility, and watching specific episodes, uh-huh. can we please put that one on you the short list of episodes? You want to start with Yes. <laughs> you, should, you should watch all the like infamously bad Star Trek yes. episodes. Oh, please. Well, that works for cinema oh, scenes, definitely. We'll do Subrosa, yeah. Tuvix, Code of Honor. Um, we'll just pull apart all of the, the really you crap ones. You literally see a bit in that episode where Dr. Beverly holds the candle almost to her lady parts and lets it ravish her. Like, it is that bad. She <laughs> has an on-screen orgasm. She absolutely does. <gasps> on, on a planet that is supposedly a like replica of Glasgow, so you've got lots of Scottish yes. people walking around. <laughs> but It's no, all no, it's, very peculiar. It's even better than this. It's aliens that have latched onto Scottish culture yeah. and then recreated Glasgow on a different planet. <laughs> I am 
I'm sorry that we're no longer doing Picard, everyone. We're going to go ahead and switch gears. Yeah, we're getting straight into the, into the most ridiculous <laughs> Star Trek episodes. Love there it. There you go. I did it oh, in what, four? Was that four? That was three two one. Steps. No, that was one. You went... I said beeswax candle, and you said there's a candle in this episode. That was one step. That was instant. It's great. I love it. That's amazing. You but you didn't see that turn it out shame. that way, did you? With Dr. Beverly nope. shagging a candle. Nope. That was new information. If it was Riker, you'd be like, yeah, I could see that, but not Dr. Beverly. Nope. Yeah. It's great. It's like the, the one episode we give Gates McFadden to just lead, and she's like, you fucking really... Really? I just was looking for outtakes for my job, and one of the outtakes that I was, it led me to uh, watching this episode where Beverly is flirting with Picard. I don't remember. I oh, was, I, I messaged Ian about now. it. Yeah, I sent that to you for some reason, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. I thought it was outtakes. I think we were looking at, no, anyway, it, well, yeah. I forgot about it entire, uh-huh. uh, well, or I never seen it. I was like, what is happening? And for whatever reason, Beverly flirting was really off-putting to me <laughs> i don't know why the, but i was picard as well I, I was, no, one, no, other, one other interesting fact about sub rosa is it is directed by jonathan frakes who plays Riker. of so course it makes it perfect is. sense of course it is the horniest episode of star trek it really is today you have to watch it and i have to watch you watch it <sighs> okay that, we'll, right, we'll bring right. albie back for that one definitely wow. okay this one right. i will return for that quick. yes i did I love it that's amazing <laughs> Um, yeah, good. There is nothing more to add to that. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's uh, Make It So from me and from Albert and Danae. It's whatever you want. Punch it. Oh, nice. Um, um, it's sharing an orbit with God is no small experience. That's a Troy to Picard uh, quote. Oh, it is. That's from That's Who Watches the Watchers. Impressive. Nice. Uh, the internet. I, I super, I super googled it. <laughs> Don't get too heavy. <laughs> what does God need with a ship? Albie, where can people find you in the world? Um, you can find me down in the candle store looking for some action. I think. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> uh, no, you will not. I'm happily married. <laughs> Do not tell my husband. husband. <laughs> Do not tell my husband. Um, you can find me mainly on Twitter, I guess, um, at Albert Hogan, and yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. It has been a pleasure. We love you, Albie. He's a beautiful man. Follow him for all of the thoughtful, thoughtful thoughts. And we will see you next week for episode eight. And as always, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. The Andorian had oddly shaped antenna. Well, that just sounds rude. Hey, are you saying that there's something wrong with oddly shaped antenna? Do do all antenna have to conform to what you see as a beautiful antenna? I'm saying why point out that it's oddly shaped in the first place? Um, because it might be, and they may be okay with that. But why is there a standard of, of antennae? That's just the Andorian society just forces oh, okay. this stuff upon us. Can we talk about what an Andorian is? <laughs> yeah, so they're the blue ones with the white hair and the blue blue antenna. Google it. <laughs> 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 it's easily good. Rather than me standing here with wiggly fingers for antenna. I do enjoy the wiggly <laughs> fingers. That's nice. Right, I've got to think of a name for you this week for the opening. So are you just going through like different ships? So I've had, yeah, different ships. So there was Intrepid, um, 
and endeavouring and... Defiant. Defiant. Yep, that's a name of a ship. I guess calling me Enterprise is just a little bit too strange. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that at the end of this, like, I get to make a report of my experience, and my report oh, is going to be no. like, this captain is a snarky bitch. Um, me? Mm-hmm. I'm not a snarky bitch. You are a mutinous malevoler. I don't know what a malevoler is. I went for, like, the verb of malevolent to, like, uh-huh. malevol something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm calling it my new, this is my species. I'm a malevoler. <laughs> It's You're a, a malevolent. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. my species. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Because the quiz I thought you were going for were like, hey, if we were a species from Star Trek, which one would we be? And you went, no. Is the captain a dick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the audience, you know. Well, like at the end of these things, the ambassador leaves and they like file a report of like what they experienced on their on their time on the ship. And then just Wait, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. Well, what ship have you been on where that happens? <laughs> I wouldn't have done this if I'd have known the pressure. Uh, hey, listen, I'm your higher ranking officer person. Maybe you should have been more nice to me. Only for um, this mission. From from when we finish Picard, then mm-hmm. I am going to promote myself to ambassador plus one. Is that how it works? Do you get to promote yourself? On this ship. Oh, Wow. I wonder how other guests are going to fare when you bring them on to the, onto your show. Would, I mean, they, I only have to put up with them for one episode, so they, they probably won't get the brunt. Like, if you go back to episode one, we were amazing. We were, like, all yeah, supportive. Yeah, now we're like, this and, is so <laughs> awful. <laughs> we have been in space for so long. <laughs> she has fucked with all of the doors so that they only open when I walk away from them. So all of the doors are always open until I approach and then they close. Ambassador, why did you bring ghosts onto this enterprise? It's part of my uh that they come with me as part of my race. Entourage? You have oh with your race. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your species of malevolers, you you have ghosts. Well, yeah, yeah, I can summon I can summon a certain amount per day for a short rest. No, for a this long is, rest. <laughs> yeah, short rest, interesting. Interesting phrase that you chose to use there. Hmm. Uh-huh. We yeah. seem to be drifting very carefully into D&D. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, like you're when you're choosing your race, when you're, you know, you're building your character for for certain games like like D&D, you know, maybe, for example, you mm-hmm. have like you have traits that you get to do and and one of mine yeah. is to summon what some people consider ghosts other people might consider spirits um mm-hmm. to join me so are they all the same species or do you get to pick the different species of of ghosts spirits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's a variety yeah oh wow so you could have like a klingon yes. and a Vol- do you get to choose yes. No, it's all random. It's random? So you yeah. can turn up with a tribble? Like a, yeah. a furless tribble? Yeah, yeah. That's the And the crazy part is they all technically will band together for my cause for a certain length of time or until they're either dismissed or they lose their hit points. Um, and um, Okay, cool. Yeah, and if um, they do have to try to get along, but it does make for very interesting conversations. They don't. They don't talk a lot. They don't talk a lot. I can kind of like hear intentions, you know, there's like a, a little bit of a, 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 a telepathic link that we have with okay. just very basic communication. 
Um, but that's going to you know, be really confusing for the Klingon. It's just like, get out of my head. <laughs> yeah, Klingons are um, very guarded. So yeah, I've learned over time to just let them be. They don't really like being summoned, to be honest. Oh man, they're so grumpy. <laughs> they're just like, I was perfectly happy where I was. The fuck are you doing? You know, I was eating the heart of a targ. I was murdering people, and now I'm on this ship. Yeah, What's and going it's like on? a it's like an ethereal projection. So you know, debatable on whether they're dead and this mm-hmm. is their soul coming to fight with me or be here with me. Just because sometimes I just want to hang out with them, so I'll just summon them for just, fun. <laughs> they're like ready for battle, and you're just like, no, I just wanted to talk about RuPaul, like the latest episode. <laughs> Yeah, if it's a Romulan and a Klingon and like, you know, an, another kind of more aggressive race, mm-hmm. it makes for a really uncomfortable tea time. But yeah, they keep breaking uh, you know, the cutlery and all of the crockery. This is one of the reasons why I like to stay busy and do random stuff to your ship. I've missed you today. It's strange. I it's, miss you it's too. strange to hear you use your regular voice and not your D&D voice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh no, don't bring out the D&D voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're here. I can't Yay! stop looking at you on screen. I'm like, I can't believe you're here. <laughs> we should do like a little mini D&D. No, we, we cannot lose four <laughs> hours and play D&D. <laughs> Will you shut up, Tilly? Honestly. She's been quiet all day, and the minute I start recording, she's like, meh, meh, meh. She can feel your energy directed to, at us instead of, you know, the house. That's what happens with my dog. Yeah. I I did a promotion for our podcast recently. <laughs> I was wanting to tell our podcast listeners about this current survey that we're doing. So it's like, you know, go to our website, click the link, fill out the survey, help us out. Thanks. Kind of yeah. a thing. Super, super quick. The, then in the background, ding dong. And my dogs just start freaking out. So for the next 30 solid seconds, every time I started talking, (laughs) they would start up again. And I ended up keeping the promotion because it was so funny. Because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) are you wearing your comm badge? How come come I have to wear my comm badge, but you don't have to wear your comm badge? Because you are the ambassador and you will do as you're told. (laughs) I think we learned last episode that I'm actually a little bit higher ranking there, sir. Are there rules about where it's supposed to go? Just just above your uh, left left nipple. Okay. What if the nipple is actually closer to my abdomen because I've had a child? (laughs) I have a different perspective on Picard just from listening to the two of you. I think Danae has brought me down a few notches. Yeah, I think Danae talks really? a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. in a way, I think you would be kind of like perfect script partners for mm-hmm. this show because you have the romantic in Ian and the pragmatist in Danae. And actually, when did I become the romantic? Exactly, because originally I would have said it was the other way around. But mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, groundbreaking yeah. there. Just Star Trek turns mm-hmm. me into a, rom- no. into a romantic. We've definitely talked at length about Picard, Picard but it tends to be a very a love fest. Yeah, it does. It does. With some, you know, points of view. But generally, mm-hmm. it's it's a nostalgic love fest, yeah. So has he? his opinion has changed, though? Like, do you think, like, he's getting more practical about it or he's getting worse about it? Um, 
I think he's... Be honest. Uh, this is a safe space. I, I think in terms of when he's on the podcast, he's been very um, polite about his response. Raise shields. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Are you saving face, Ian? Are you Councillor Troy? Yeah, basically. So I will, you oh, know, yeah. state the obvious. Wear a look at top and eat lots of chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you wearing a onesie? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I really am. (laughs) (laughs) I would want to play Troy if I was going to actually try to play a character. I I mean, ambassador sounds fun and everything, but I don't think I would be an appropriate ambassador. I feel like ambassador, (laughs) you're supposed to be very serious and like, you know, represent a cause and all that stuff, which I could do. But I also um, I want to be more like involved in the crew. Yeah, I could see that. Or would I be Q? <laughs> yeah, well, that's one way to get involved with the Q. Just pop up with with the crew. Just pop up wherever you want and yeah. mess people about. Uh-huh. What if I'm like a Q-Troy merge? Can you imagine if Troy became Q? She'd actually be useful in an episode. Ooh, harsh. You are outnumbered, I man. I am You're super fucked. outnumbered. Super outnumbered. <laughs> oh, so no. fucked. This was such a bad <laughs> idea. I didn't even give you a rank, and I feel like I'm going to get chucked in the brig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mutiny incoming. <sighs> hey, uh, Albie, can you meet me privately over there? <laughs> bring your bring your disruptor with you. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get disrupted. He's going down. Here's a deep cut for Ian, though. Uh-huh. With my light, doesn't it look like I am... Troy in Nemesis when she's doing the tactical station with the light on her face. Oh yeah, super dramatic. And I was, yeah. I wondered if that was a deliberate callback to the original series, like because or if it was how... just really bad directing, which I think. Yeah, was. I mean, it was likely really bad directing because that guy didn't know what a Star Trek was, did he? No. So bad. No. He thought he the was ed- directing Star Wars or something. The editor of all the Bond movies. Yeah, really interesting. In weird individual. Yeah. What's the name of this episode? Nepenthe. The hell does that mean? We will get onto the definition mm-hmm. of Nepenthe. Is that a game? Nope. Nope. It is a Greek word that we will. Don't Google it. Don't you be Googling. I can do what I want. Don't I have you my Google. own console. Ambassador, you're out of line. I know we're not in the sin section yet, but can I make mm-hmm. a, a sin observation about the podcast? Oh, no, yes. Why the hell do you beam to 10 forward? What's wrong with your legs? <laughs> <laughs> If we can recreate history using a device on a crime scene, then why the hell can't we be oh, linked to forward? Isn't it the worst? It the is. Romulan scanner thing. The biggest MacGuffin that ever MacGuffined, right? My goodness. Just... It's pretty... That that was a lot. That whole scene was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny story, I was listening to that while on the treadmill yesterday at the gym and like was getting so wound up because you were getting so wound up, Danae, that I nearly went flying <laughs> off the treadmill. <laughs> Oh, should we have a warning on the we podcast? Should. I was about <laughs> like, to say do that. Not, do not operate heavy machinery while listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> is she is she like a bit like Kess or something? Can she tell the future? Because like she basically predicted the whole of this season in the first episode as well, didn't she? Yeah, like she's definitely empathic. Like she predicted the android thing, the yeah. end of the end of the universe thing being linked to androids. Like that's it's insane how much she's predicted. They probably could have done with her on the show to help with the scripting, to be honest. <laughs> Finished Coda, and I've just started Rogue Elements, um, because I'm on a, a Rios B 
binge. I, he is my favourite character in Picard. love Rogue Elements. It is my favourite Star Trek novel I've read in a long, long time. Yeah, I'm only three chapters in, but it's... Coda, Coda 3 is the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Coda 3 either. That And then the victory lap that it does at the end was... Ugh. And then the very, very last... It felt like they rebooted with... it in the third book or something. Well, that's the point, yeah. No, but, no, but it's in, like, rebooted their concept in the third book. Like, they had a different plan and they changed it. I don't know. It, felt it feels like it, doesn't it? And how long were we on the bloody battle thing? Let's just kill everybody. Didn't like it. No, <laughs> Didn't like it. Felt rushed. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. We got knee-deep into Trek nerdery. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. <laughs> Just Sorry. kill everyone. That's like that's like me when Seven of Nine showed up. Yeah, just kill them. All. them. Excellent. <laughs> um, right. Are we ready to record a show? Let's do I'm recording. Let me make sure I'm recording. Wait, you, you I'm had recording. better have been recording for all of that. Jesus, <laughs> creepers. So funny. <clears throat> okay. Let the trolling begin. <laughs> No, no trolling. I just re- I just literally heard what you said. <laughs> okay, are we ready to watch? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Um. Okay. Sorry. Hold on a second. Uh, this <laughs> is a great say- start. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, I hit play, but <laughs> I had my player on point three three because I was trying to catch a frame for a sin on something earlier today. Oh no! So I was like, "Wow, this is taking a long time to start." It's just like Star Trek. Sorry. 